Belly and the fish. Belly. Belly and the fish. Welcome, friends, to Belly and the Fish. I'm your host, Corbin, a.k.a. The Fish, and we got big old Ben. Belly Smokes Hunter. What up? Welcome, Belly. And John, howdy doody, bud. Howdy do. <laughs> howdy do. I'm still laughing at Ben's. What up? What up? <laughs> yeah, I didn't give you a chance to compose yourself. I don't know how you were going to follow that one up, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. good track. How am I going to follow that act? Yeah, <laughs> no chance there. Well, guys, let's hop into it. We're going to have a quick one here. We'll start off with a Super Bowl review. We've got some Lions talk and also the big Tom Brady news. We haven't discussed that yet. Also, we missed out on the Senior Bowl. I know everyone's chomping at the bit to hear our takes from that. And then we'll have a little bit of a spin on the betting with the belly. We've got a bowels this week and also mail time is back. So what did you think of that Super Bowl? A nice Chiefs? Victory, thirty-eight to thirty-five. The Chiefs. And uh, um, I gotta, I gotta address that too because I've got a lot of flack after the last episode. I love the way you say that. Why? I've I've been doing it, but I don't know why everyone just picked up on it the last episode. But they're like, you know, have been making fun of that all year. (laughs) There was a while where I legitimately thought the plural of chief was chiefs. No, you and did so not. Then, well, this was like years ago. And then somebody told me it is Chiefs no. and I looked it up, but I just, you know, stuck with it. Like I was just going to die with a lie. It's like when you get a shitty nickname growing up, you just got to own it. So you just but owned your butchering of a word. Yeah. <laughs> so well, it makes sense. I mean, I like it. It's fine. I now when I say Chiefs, I say Chiefs because I think it's so funny. <laughs> Well, think I about <laughs> think of what's a plural for handkerchief. Handkerchiefs. Exactly. <laughs> that, is that even real? What? Yeah, handkerchiefs. I'm looking that up right now. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I say. I don't hank- think you're right. Chiefs at all in my daily life. I might life. be wrong. <laughs> you're very wrong. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> Fuck it. Well, whatever. The English language it's complicated. I'm still learning. You know, we I should uh, improve. John, we should start like once we do a video, just a little animated buzzer. Every time Corbin's wrong, it's just a big. (laughs) But the Chiefs are here to stay. They are your 2022 Super Bowl champions, 38 to 35 winners against the Philadelphia Eagles, which means Mm -hmm. Belly has won the playoff pool. And it just reminded me just uh, making this episode that I still have to pay you for that. So good work, Belly. I forgot about that as well. Yeah, I should have just. Uh, wanna, nope, out. nope, nope. That's admirable. Otherwise, you would have got some bad karma for it. I want to quickly go back two or three weeks when I said, I guarantee Eagles Chiefs Super Bowl Chiefs victory. Hmm. You might have to get a what sound do you want? on that. Pat on the back? No, nah, I, I won 30 bucks on FanDuel, though. So that was cool. Three? <laughs> it's 30. Oh, yeah. You I, also I, had the Eagles. I lost one too. bet and won another. So I netted 30. I uh, I uh, had put a bunch of prop bets in like oh maybe six days before, and then I completely forgot. And I was like, there was some bets like cushioning between like the open ones where they were, and so all of a sudden the game ends, and my both my my bar stool and my DraftKings go up like two hundred bucks. I was like, I don't know what happened. That's sick. <laughs> Dude, last year I won eight hundred bucks on Odell first touchdown. Ooh, oh, that's hell yeah. one. I was in such a good mood the rest of the night. 
Yeah, you didn't even care about the game. All right, let's get this moving. We'll get to bets eventually. Well, it was the third highest scoring Super Bowl of all time. And that was behind, I think, the I think the Eagles Patriots from like 2017 was the number one and then some game from like years and years ago. So we were all off on those unders, Ben. I think that me, you, and Isaac all had the under. And that was my brain just saying, you know what? 50 points, it's so much. Unders always hit. And then here we go. Finally, the over hits on the one game where I'm sure like, nope, I'm not going to get sucked into it. I know I want to bet the over and have a fun Super Bowl, but I'm taking the under because I think it's going to win. And that just fucked me on every single bet other than just straight up taking the cheese against the spread. Normally I'd give you a little, normally I'd give you a little like bashing on the hindsight, but I did the same thing with the over. I was like, what was I thinking? (laughs) I even had an alt over like under, under, (laughs) under 60 and a half. And that still, I fucking lost. It just goes to show that uh, podcast Ben and weekend Ben are two different guys because every single one of my bets on the day I've had an over in it. Yeah, I mean, both offenses were clicking. I mean, Jalen Hurts, he outplayed Mahomes. I mean, three rushing touchdowns, the most rushing yards for a quarterback in a Super Bowl, over 300 yards. He was throwing the deep ball well, too. He had a couple of misfires, but, I mean, he had no problem moving the ball down the field. You willing to give it up, Ben? You willing to admit he's a good quarterback yet? No, John, I just see you sigh over there, and you're like, oh, I love Jalen Hurts. You're just a sucker for a running quarterback. No, I'm. I just like good quarterbacks. You can then, you can have Daniel Dimes and his shitty team. I'll take the guy who took his team to the Super Bowl this year. That's true. Danny Dimes is off my squad, but I still always have one <laughs> for the March of Dimes. But I can't even remember a Super Bowl that was that electric. Honestly, I mean, most of them they're usually pretty underwhelming, and this one absolutely delivered. Yeah, they really came out of the gate and just went from there. Like most of the time, there's a lot of nerves. Takes a while to settle in. They just nope. both offenses were popping from the start. Yep, absolutely. First and second half were great. And then we get to the fourth quarter under two minutes, and then all hell breaks loose with that holding call. What'd you guys think of that? I think it was right. But at the same time, with everything that's going been going on with every single Chiefs games, I think it gets a bad look and it's probably put on a little more blast than it should be. But I mean he all the Eagles players who talked after the game. I think even the guy that did it said that it was holding straight up. So, I mean, the Chiefs were within field goal range already. It, it's not like it mattered that much. It was just a matter of earlier. It just a matter. Oh, can we talk about that doink? Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, well, never mind. That's the yeah. bowels of the valley. Let's keep I, going. <laughs> I, that's why I saved. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, I bet you that's what that's about. But it was James Bradbury on that hold on Juju in the. I think it was on third down and yeah, they likely would have hit that field goal, but Bucker did miss one from earlier. So the way that the game was played, I thought the refs did a great job throughout all the playoffs and this game included, you know, letting the boys play. And it was a little ticky tacky. It was definitely a hold. James Bradbury admitted it, but at the same time in that situation, you would have liked to see the Eagles with another chance to actually get somewhat of a drive together to attempt to tie it, send it to overtime or to just finish them off. So it was, you know, it was a very unsatisfying ending to one of the best games that in the Super Bowl that I've seen. in you know, since I can remember, so yeah, it was a little disappointing, left a little sour taste in my mouth, but still absolutely riveting performance from the Eagles and from the chiefs. And, you know, the last time the Eagles had a 38 to 35 score was week one against the Detroit lions. And they duped that one up, but not this time. Karma came back to bite him in the ass. Makes you think. Makes you think. 
It does. Yeah. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's a little premonition. No fun, Ben. I'm just trying to be a realist. <laughs> Did you see uh, Juju's tweet, the Valentine with James yeah. Bradbury? Did you see AJ Brown's response? Yeah, yeah, yeah TikTok good. boy. That was so good. Dude, that the best part excellent. was I saw that tweet and I read one of the comments and someone's like, yeah, A. Brown has brain problems now, so that's probably why he's acting up. I was like, that's not Antonio Brown, bud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Juju tweeted, happy Valentine's, everybody, with a graphic that just said, I'll hold you when it matters most. And it's just James Bradbury's like stock you know, team picture on there. And then A.J. Brown responds and says, first off, congratulations. Y'all deserve it. This is lame. You was on your way out of the league before Mahomes resurrected your career on a one-year deal, TikTok boy. He admitted that he grabbed you, but don't act like you're like that or ever was. But congratulations again. And then a bunch of other Eagles just piled on him, and Juju needs to learn to shut the fuck up. I mean, I think he had, like, less than 200 yards the entire playoffs, no touchdowns, so... I mean, Kelsey and Mahomes are the reason why they really got there. And to be honest, the Chiefs defense, they stood up when they had to. I mean, they they had the fumble recovery for the touchdown by uh, Nick Bolton. And, you know, they didn't they had one sack, I guess, but that was more Jalen Hurts just running out of bounds. But the Chiefs defense is definitely not their strong suit. And they were able to keep up with them and do enough that Patrick Mahomes and that offense could put the points up and they did just enough to squeak out the win. I think AJ Brown was really the only one on the Eagles team who could have responded to Juju like that and taken him down because AJ Brown was like the best receiver in the league this year. So, you know, his opinion matters. And Isaiah Pacheco is also a fucking tank, man. He's just taken off in the playoffs and he's going to be a guy to look at for fantasy football next year for sure. Clyde Edwards Alaire, I mean, he didn't even suit up. I don't know if it was injury or just a scratch. But, yeah, it was all Isaiah Pacheco, and that's all they needed. I think they just had CEH active just in case Pacheco went down. But talking about Pacheco, every time that guy gets the ball, whether it's a three-yard carry or like a busted out run, that guy comes out of the pile just pumped up. He's a guy you want on your team. Yeah. I was watching with a couple of friends, and one of them kept saying, man, every time he gets tackled, he just, like, bounces up. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if it's it's just what he was told to do as a little guy in little league or whatever you want to call it, pee wees. I don't clearly I didn't play youth football, um, but I like it and I like to see more of it. Yeah, and that uh, like the QB sneak that the Eagles do, it's just a cheat code, man. There was no stopping it. There was even one where like Chris Jones leaped over the pile and had a hold of Jalen Hurts, and he was just getting dragged. Yep. There's no way you can stop that. They need a yard. They are absolutely getting it 100% it's of the so time. It's dumb that other teams don't just do that every single play. Well, I also think that you need to have those big boys in the middle like the Eagles do. They have the offensive line to do it. And, yeah, pushing definitely helps too. But when you're just submarining and just pushing these defensive linemen, these 300-plus-pound men, back two, three yards, of course they're going to get it. So I just don't even know how you stop that. Well, I, mean, I have to imagine percentage-wise on a one-yard play, the QB sneak is like got to be double any other play. Yeah. Well, it depends on the quarterback, too, and Jalen Hurts is the perfect guy for it. The squat's 600 pounds. The other big story coming out of the Super Bowl were the field conditions with that turf. And I don't know if you guys looked into it at all, but there's a whole sod gate 
story out about how they got this grass that was supposed to be a mix between football and golf turf from Oklahoma State, and everybody was just changing cleats, slipping everywhere. There's like percentages of like Chiefs players slipping less than the Eagles players, and how the guy who he created this kind of turf was a Chiefs fan. And well, that's like, just stupid. That's yeah, that's dumb. Well, it's I'm going to tell you right now. Conspiracy theory is, about how golf, they designed golf the turf. Golf so. are soft, so I don't really know why they went with golf grass. The, my my whole thing is is if you're going to change the grass, why'd you wait till the biggest game of the year to just use it as your trial yeah. run? Because <laughs> it looked good. So <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> It, it's it's dumb, but at the same time, everybody who is pushing for like all the players who want to switch to grass, the NFL, the NFL is just like, oh, well, let's just give them the shittiest gra- grass of all time, put it on the biggest stage in the Super Bowl. So everyone's like, oh, fuck grass. Time to keep turf. Yeah. All I know is I feel like ever since turf came out, there were a lot more ACL injuries, but I have zero data to back that up. So that could be fake. No, that's yeah. that's actually very true. The the Premier League only uses real grass, and they have way less ligament injuries. Uh, obviously, different sport, right? But like, turf is just so much harsher on the body. I think it's also grippier too. So, like, if you yeah. like, when you're you should so slip, harsh. you're not going to because of the turf, and so that could lead to like ligament strains. I mean, I'm no scientist, I'm no doctor by any means, but I can see why turf would be just even like you know a slight tweak can tear an ACL. And, and if you're you on grass, you might just slip and fall. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe we should start a we're not scientists hour because I got one too. And I think the size of the football body has a factor on it as well. Because like soccer, a eh, little limber. Maybe they're more used to those cuts and stuff with that lesser body weight. Scientist yep. Ben, at your well, service. Even within the NFL, though, turf fields have way higher ligament injuries. But the the one other thing that I uh, saw from the Super Bowl that I thought was funny was uh, Terry Bradshaw when they were announcing the MVP and handing out the Lombardi when he told yeah, they brought Andy, up like Abe Lincoln. I don't remember that. I do I remember him it. telling Andy Reid to waddle over here, big guy, to come <laughs> and, to come and receive. The That's Lombardi the first time trophy. I've heard that. That is so funny. Oh yeah, he did, man. But I don't know, man. It's sad, it's but I think funny. Terry is. Uh, he might be losing it a little, man. Dude, Terry has lost it years ago. I know, I know. But, I mean, now he's handing out the Lombardi and he's telling Andy Reid to waddle over there. Waddle. That and was he also... an exact quote. To waddle. <laughs> he he finished the interview with have a cheeseburger on us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, uh, you're fat, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Andy Reid, I mean, he, you know, he leans into it quite a bit with his weight and everything, but Jesus, man. So (laughs) the Abe Lincoln thing was Chris Berman. He said, like when it cut to him, two African-American quarterbacks starting against each other in the Super Bowl for the first time. Fittingly, February 12th is Abraham Lincoln's birthday. Shut (laughs) up, Chris. (laughs) What an idiot. (laughs) It's just, God damn it, Chris. You guys watch any of the commercials? You got a favorite? Not per se. I was hosting a party, so I was doing a lot of uh, attending to guests, making sure everybody was happy. But I did get a little cackle when I saw the E-Trade babies, just for nostalgia's sake. (laughs) Yeah, that was a good one. I don't know, man. I didn't think that they were that good this year. Like, last year, I feel like we got a bunch of good ones. The Larry David, um, what's the fucking um, Tom Brady? 
Yeah, but what was the thing that screwed over Tom Brady? What's it called? FTX again? tokens. Yeah, FTX. I don't know why I couldn't think of that. But that was the Larry David commercial, and that was my favorite fucking commercial. I thought that was hilarious. Wasn't that they- like the actual commercial for FTX tokens, though? Yeah. yeah and so was- then in it, he's like, are you going to buy it? And he's like, no. And then yeah. people are I'm never wrong that. about these things. Exactly. He got sued yeah. for it, actually. Larry David did just for like doing I'm a commercial sure he did. FTX. That I mean, was a scam. He was just hired to act. Yeah, I mean, he was right. He was even saying, no, I'm not going to buy it in the commercial, and he got sued. (laughs) By who? I don't know. Probably a class action thing. That would be hilarious if he got sued by FTX, even though they paid him to be in the commercial. (laughs) (laughs) It's his fault. That's American law, baby. The Popcorners one from this year was the one sole commercial I would say was funny. Did you guys see that, the Breaking Bad one? I did. I saw it ahead of time, though. That one sucked. I just Why? the thing the thing that I don't like is that they like, play these commercials ahead of time now. So like I'm not even excited to see it when it's on the commercial. But yeah. um what's the drug dealer's name? He was cracking me Tuco. up and was screaming seven. Every commercial in the Super Bowl now, instead of being clever, they're just like, Hey, this celebrity's in it. So uh buy our shit. Yeah. And also, shout out to Popcorners. The white cheddar Popcorners are unbelievable, as I are know. the uh, Parmesan garlic. Whatever the green bag is, also fantastic. Well, I've never so, had a Popcorner, and I'm probably going to buy them, so I guess it worked. Imagine a Dorito mixed with a popcorn. That's how it is. And I just went and got the sweet chili ones from the store uh, just two days ago. They're already gone. Emma's going to the grocery store right now. I told her, told her to pick up some kettle ones. Going to try those out. So, yeah. One time I was hungover and I deleted a whole family size bag of white cheddar popcorners. It was a good start to the morning. <laughs> to the morning. <laughs> That's your breakfast. Uh, I was hungover and just munching away. I couldn't stop. Jesus. I just got to say the commercials in general have just gotten worse over time. Maybe it's because we're getting older and things aren't as funny. But man, they got to step up their game. They're lazy. The writing is lazy. And they just, it's like they don't want to take a risk being funny because someone will get mad at them on no matter what they do. You know, someone on one side or the other will get mad at them. So they just throw a celebrity in there and tell them, hey, uh, come here for three hours, act really poorly, and we'll pay you a bunch of money. And then they think that the populace is dumb enough now that we'll just buy the shit. And we are. They need to go back to when uh, Doritos used to just dance the line right on the edge. Oh, those oh, yeah. were good. Um, I, you know what? I guess my f- least favorite commercial though is the the Kick of Destiny. Did yeah. that just did that just blow by? And yes, yes, I, it did. It just came on all of a sudden, and then he missed. I didn't even know what was happening. I was wondering at like halftime when it was happening, and then it was in like halfway through the third quarter, and then he just misses, and everyone piles on him, and that was it. And, it's like thirty and seconds. Then, Everybody was asking me, like, what's the line on the kick of destiny? And I was like, I can't find it anywhere. And I don't even really know if it's real. <laughs> yeah, they didn't even have a line for it. They just uh, gave well, you a free bet. Oh, but I the funniest, the funniest also. The funniest thing in the world was, though, like when they shot it, they had live in the corner and you could clearly tell it was indoors because like the whole black drop, black drop, backdrop was just all black. And it's just like he kicks it. He misses it. It's over. And I was like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about. The kick of destiny with Gronk? No clue. Oh, my God, dude. You live under a rock. He's been it's been an advertisement for like a month now. Basically, four hours of sleep a night and I don't have cable. Basically, FanDuel had 
uh, promotion where if Gronk, no matter what happens, if you made like a $5 bet, you got a bonus. And I don't even think it mattered if Gronk made it or missed it. It was confusing. It was kind of dumb, and he missed it anyway. So, yeah, so moving on. $5 from everybody. Yeah, I think I got 5 bucks, maybe, whatever. But what would you guys think of the halftime show? I liked it. I thought the, I don't know, it was like simple, but dude, it would be so scary to be up on those platforms dancing and singing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and she's pregnant doing that, like pretty badass. Also, we were just, I got in trouble because I uh, got a boner. I, <laughs> no, I was saying, I God. said to Raha and our friends, I was like, I'm going to say it. Rihanna's better than Beyonce. <laughs> they didn't like that. That's not that hard of a take. Yeah, I was gonna she say. I'm so sure. Hits. I'm sure. Oh, you meant music wise. I thought you meant looks wise. I was like, a lot of people probably say oh, that. No, 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 no. I meant music wise. But also, I mean, you could say either. I wanted. Yeah. Eh, no, Beyonce is gorgeous. I mean, it's debatable. At I least. wanted her to play Pundit Replay. That's my only critique. So <laughs> before before I went to the Super Bowl, one of my favorite Instagram guys, brilliantly dumb, he posted a video of him guessing the first halftime song. So I had to ride with him and I guessed what's my name. It was like plus 2000. I don't think they even played the damn song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nah, nah. <laughs> Did you think that uh, Kanye was going to come out? Uh, I thought a lot of people were going to come out based on what everybody at the party was saying. And then after we saw no one, I was like, okay, cool. Also, I saw a funny meme that the stage that she had looked like a Smash Bros. Battlefield. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, one. I, saw I saw that, that <laughs> one before the game was even over. The internet uh, moves so quick. I know people are quick with it. But you see the video they, of the dancer that fell on one of the no, platforms. No, they fell. I'm sure they were tethered in. They didn't like fall off, but they fell while they were dancing, and they were really high up. That thing was wobbling too. When oh, yeah. she went all the way up there, that thing was like shaking. That's what I'm like, saying, man. Shit. That was like. I know it looked simple, but that was pretty crazy. She was hundreds yeah. of feet in the air. That would have been an awful thing for something to go wrong at the Super Bowl. <laughs> so I knew like when I heard at first that she was coming on for the Super Bowl performing, I thought she was still pregnant, but apparently that was last year from, from ASAP Rocky, right? Well, she's yeah. pregnant again. I, I know, but I didn't know that. I knew she was, and I was like, isn't she pregnant? And looked it up, and I was like, oh, that was from a year ago, so she's definitely They announced it now. right after the halftime show. They they well, saved it until after that, and then her publicist I know. It. Yeah, but I, I had no idea. And so then she comes out, and I had no idea that she was pregnant at all. It was, like, kind of hidden. But then, like, I'm obviously, like, the singing was great, but I was just watching with Emma, and I was like, Emma, like, She's a fucking terrible dancer. Like, what the hell is this? Like, <laughs> some of the moves were just like a shoulder shimmy, you know? I'm like, this is the Super Bowl. Like, this is Rihanna. Like, why isn't she dancing? Like, she's, it's awful. Like, she can't dance. And then, like, halfway through, I'm like, do you think she's pregnant? And then, like, I just kept looking, like, I'm pretty fucking sure she's pregnant. So I was happy that I was right about that. But at first, I was just like, it was blowing my mind. I was like, what the hell is going on right now? Like she's not doing anything. She can barely move. She's standing there like a statue, but I mean, it was a good show. I was happy with it. Obviously her songs are bangers. She has so many good ones and I'm kind of glad that she didn't have like any guests or, you know, special appearances or anything. And she just rocked it out all by herself. Just kept the focus on her and she's a hit maker better than Beyonce. Debatable, but. But yeah, Super Bowl is in the books and we are fully into the offseason now. So 
not going to have too much football talk these next few months. We'll have free agency mid-March, and then we'll have April. The uh, draft is coming up end of April. Got the combine in between free agency and the draft, too. So we'll have some stuff to talk about, but not a lot on the Lions slate this week. Um, We'll just talk about some coaching moves. Biggest news out of the Lions. Deuce Staley is gone. He is going to the Carolina Panthers as their assistant coach and running backs coach lateral move. It seems like he's doing it to be close to his mom who is not well. Um, So he's taking care of her. It seems like, uh, you know, something that he didn't really want to do, but it was something he had to do for his family. So I support that. It's unfortunate because he's a great coach. You know, he pumps that offense up and the team loves him. So, you know, farewell deuce. I wish you the best. Panthers are making some good hires, but we have already filled his shoes because Scotty Montgomery is coming over from the Colts. He's going to be the running backs and assistant head coach. I think he was just the running backs coach for Indy. Before that, he was a coach for uh, East Carolina, kind of fizzled out there, didn't have the best record. But he also interviewed for the uh, Buccaneers offensive coordinator position like days after we announced the hire. So it was kind of like, what the fuck? Like he's already interviewing elsewhere, but can't blame the guy for shooting his shot on an offensive coordinator job. And it sounds like they've already interviewed like almost 10 people for the role. So he's probably sticking around, but. Everyone seems pretty uh, pretty high on that hire. I think he'll do a solid job. Another guy coming into town, or back into town, I should say, Dre Bly is going to oh, be yeah, our quarterback's baby. coach. Yeah, he was I at North Me too. Yeah, that was like when I really first started watching the Lions. I remember that playing with him on uh, NFL Street. Yeah, he was so oh, I miss NFL Street so much. He was much. a ball hawk, man. Yeah. Ball hawk. He was uh, coaching – the defensive backs at North Carolina for the past few years, but he's getting the call up to the NFL coming home to Detroit, another former player now coach. So we'll add him to the squad to replace Aubrey pleasant. And it looks like all the head coaching vacancies have been filled. Biggest name, Sean Payton to the Broncos. We got D'Amico Ryan's going back to coach the Texans. Frank Reich is joining the Panthers and Jim Caldwell is now on the staff too. He's coming on as like a senior assistant. I think that's his role. Um, and then after the Super Bowl concluded, the Cardinals and the Colts snatched up Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen. So Eagles are out of two coordinators. They're going to have to fill that. Uh, I don't know. And they're losing quite a bit of free agents too. So maybe a little bit of regression from that uh, for that Eagles team. Are going to have some big shoes to fill, but yeah, that's all five of the vacancies. So it seems like Aaron Glenn is coming back as defensive coordinator. You know, there's an outside chance that he takes another job. I doubt it, but you know, that head coaching job is what he's been looking for and there's no availability right now. So it seems like he's here for at least another year and I'm okay with that. I mean, I wouldn't have been, you know, super pissed if he was gone just because our defense wasn't elite. But yeah. at the same time, I like to have some continuity. This will be the third year with the defense, and we are still so young. I feel like we're going to see a big step forward from this defense, at least to be like an average to above average, like top 15. I don't think it's a crazy thing to ask for, especially with the the playoff aspirations that we have. So, But, yeah, that's going to do it for all the uh, coaching news in the NFL, uh, specifically Lions-related, I guess. Seems like all of our guys are here to stay, and we've taken care of many, the uh, – the main vacancies, those are all filled now. So we'll jump into the Pro Bowl a little bit. 
We had Jared Goff, Penny Sewell, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Frank Ragnow in attendance. Khalif Raymond, too, as a kick returner, but those were kind of the big four. Uh, Jared Goff was a last-minute add as an alternate, replacing Jalen Hurts. Uh, Amon Ra St. Brown and Penny Sewell were kind of going viral because Amon Ra won the best catch award. He had like a Pete Davidson tattoo and him and Equinemius like did like a kind of toss back, like f- jump over the mascot kind of catch. It was kind of sick, I guess. But uh, Penny Sewell also went through like an obstacle course and he just trucked through this wall and stumbled. I guess the NFC still won, but I saw that clip going around. But shout out to the five representatives from Detroit at the pro bowl. So that was good to see him there. They were all buddy, buddy with TJ Hawkinson. So, you know, if they're good with him, I guess I'm good with them now. I might have to walk back my, my hatred for him. I didn't watch much of the pro bowl stuff, but I heard it was way better than what they used to do where they used to put together that AFC NFC game where nobody tried. So yeah. shout out to yeah. the NFL for that. Yo, So Corbin, did you watch it? I mean like clips, not really though. No. I was just wondering because I didn't watch it at all. I was wondering if it was – it sounds like it was better. Yeah, they had, like, some skill challenges, so it was more like how the NBA does it, you know? Like, they'll have the three-point and the yeah. dunk contest and the, the skills challenge. So they did, like, the best catch, and they had the obstacle course for the line, and they had, like, a – um, I guess, like, these targets set up for the quarterbacks. I was watching that running I out saw of that at the gym. Jared Goff did that. He was all right. Um. I don't know what the fuck Tyler Huntley was doing there, man. That was a joke. Like, how does he make it? He played, what, four games this entire season? He got the nod for the Pro Bowl. It it's but. That's why it's a little dumb still. But, I mean, yeah. it's it shifted to a, a fan experience more than just the best players in the league because some people don't want to go. I mean, they did what – they made do with what they could, and I think it was fine. I mean, the I, I can't remember the fourth guy, but the three – NFC representatives were Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, and Geno Smith. <laughs> Let's go. Come on. <laughs> A lot of firepower. Yeah. Um, the last tidbit of Lions news that came out is Aiden Hutchinson is officially the NFL Pepsi Rookie of the Year. So shout out <laughs> to Aiden Hutchinson for taking it home. I've been going to battle on this Pepsi poll which is like the fan vote all year long they'll do a rookie of the week and jets twitter is fucking insane they if you look at it it's garrett wilson or Brees hall or sauce gardner every single week because they just take over and just there was one week where sauce won rookie of the week over kirby and it was when he had like two picks on aaron Rodgers. he had like a forced fumble and like a like seven tackles or something. I don't remember the exact tackle number, but every single stat was like double what sauce had. And yet sauce got it. So it was just fucking stupid. So it's good to see Aiden Hutchinson get some respect. Garrett Wilson won the AP offensive rookie of the year and sauce won the defensive rookie of the year, but Aiden Hutchinson won the overall rookie. So who's really who, the best who it's won Aiden. the Coca-Cola rookie of the year? No Coca-Cola, yeah. just Pepsi John. No, yeah. Coke's Coke's way better. Yep, that's going to do it for all of our Lions talk. Like I said, not a lot of news, even though we had two weeks to pile it on up. That's all we got for you. But the main story throughout the NFL, besides the Super Bowl, was Tom Brady's retirement. It's finally here. It's for good. He's not coming back. It's the end of an era. I think there is one situation where he comes back, and that is if it's a San Francisco 49ers situation like this year. I could see him coming back for a back end of a season. But other than that, Good riddance to the goat. No, I think he's done, man. And it seems like he's going to take the whole year off. He's already signed a 10-year deal to join the Fox team. And 
usher Greg Olson out of there, even though I think Greg Olson has done a great job in the booth. Tom Brady is going to be taking over starting in 2024. I saw that the uh, somebody found the spot where he made the video and they're selling jars of sand for a hundred grand on eBay <laughs> and they're selling. Are you I'm, kidding me? I saw I one for like 500 too. So I don't think they're actually selling for a hundred grand. That's the second market batch of sand. Somebody already got the first. This is like yeah. the underlayment. Um, yeah. And if I was the one who found the spot, I would just like bottle up a bunch of jars and then just get like a leaf blower and just blow the sand everywhere and just take a video. So everybody knows that I control the market of the sand supply and command. Yeah, exactly. And people are really dumb. Oh, some collectors, I guess the one that I don't know. But You don't even know if that's his exact spot. What if that's what if you got a hold of it and shot. put new sand down? Yeah, you're right. Well, whatever. I mean, Ooh. I'm not buying the fucking sand. I'm just telling what if you, you that's what's deflated out there. the sand. Ooh, <laughs> now you're on to something. We've got deflated sand air of Tom Brady. I'd be worth a pretty penny. But yeah, Tom <laughs> Brady's gone. Bucks are in shambles. They're going to take a step back. That whole entire NFC South is just fucked. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the Panthers won the division next year. They're actually making some good moves. They got some good capital. Get a quarterback in there, and they'll be ready to roll. We'll talk about the Senior Bowl a little bit here. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about the Senior Bowl, but I feel like it is very, very underrated in terms of evaluation for the draft, and I don't pay attention to the game at all. All I care about is practice and reports because everybody in the NFL is down there. You got owners, you got GMs, you got coaches, you got scouts, you got media. Everybody goes down to Mobile, Alabama, just to watch some of these guys who aren't necessarily like surefire first round picks, at least not all of them. But there's guys who are going to be, you know, middle of the draft, day two, day three picks who rise up and, you know, kind of burst onto the radar because of their performance at the Senior Bowl. And you actually kind of that has 100 players, not all of them are surefire first round picks. Nope, absolutely not. Not all of them That's are. Crazy, Some man. of them aren't even on the radar at all. They're looking like undrafted players, huh. and then you see them go in the third round. So I would have thought that those 100 players would all be first-round picks. No. no, I don't think you know how many picks are in the first round, bud. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yes, I understand. I understand. <laughs> but all I'm saying is it's a good way to kind of see how guys practice. You get to talk to them for the first time kind of get your hands on them and see how they react to being coached, see how they do in one-on-one drills, team drills and stuff like that. You won't be able to see that in the combine. You're not going to, you know, two lanes practice to see how, you know, some receiver who is probably going in the fifth round is going to play. So it gives some of these guys an opportunity to showcase their skills on an actual football field against actual competition. So that's why I like it. I don't pay attention to the game. I pay attention to the practices. So I did make a list of some guys who aren't necessarily the biggest needs for the Lions. Some are, some aren't like a backup quarterback, for example, just some guys that we might be looking at in some of these later rounds of the draft. So I'll go into it just so you have some guys to keep an eye on. So a couple of quarterbacks that kind of caught my eye and granted, I didn't watch all the practices of the senior bowl. It's kind of tough to watch. So I just kind of get this information from online. Um, But a couple of guys to keep an eye on. We do need to fill the backup quarterback position. I don't think we're taking a guy in the first or second round at QB. Jared Goff's the guy, but we need a backup. Max Duggan from TCU and Jake Hayner from Fresno state. They were both voted by their peers as the quarterback of the week. Those were like the safeties and corners who voted on that. So obviously respected amongst 
equal competition. So those are two guys in the later rounds that we could get our hands on for like fourth, fifth, sixth round, maybe. So, you know, not a lot of draft capital fill a good role for us. Moving on to running backs here. The way I see it is the, how Jamal was talking at the uh, first, the Super Bowl week. It's like, he's assuming he's coming back. So I'm considering Jamal pretty much a done deal. We're going to get that done. So DeAndre Swift only has one more year on his contract. I think the lions are going to be looking for a guy second, third, fourth round, you know, Definitely day two or three for a running back backup for now who can maybe take over that swift role. That's why I like a smaller, shiftier, speedy running back. Uh, a couple of guys who were standing out there, not necessarily the shiftiest, but uh, Chase Brown, Illinois, Eric Gray, and Roshan Johnson. Uh, those are a little bit more powerful guys, but I still think that they would be solid running backs. And Ty J Spears from Tulane, he's 5'10, 204 pounds. He was one of the the biggest guys who caught a lot of attention at the senior bowl. He had a big run, like a 40 yard gain or something like that with some nice blocking there. So he could be a target. One of the biggest risers at the senior bowl wide receivers, obviously were pretty set there, but it wouldn't hurt to add a guy in the, you know, day three or so Jaden Reed our Michigan state Spartan. He was the top receiver at the entire senior bowl. He hasn't been getting a lot of respect, maybe like sixth, seventh undrafted kind of guy. Now he's looking like he's going to go in the third or fourth, maybe even earlier than that. We'll see, but he did a good job. Rasheed Rice, he was kind of like the top of those tier two guys. Um, you know, he had some up and down days there, but he should still be on the radar as like a, you know, day two or three kind of guy. A lot of people have the Lions uh, pretty needy at tight end. Um, personally, I don't think so, but there were a couple of guys there who were mostly pass catchers. Um, Luke Musgrove from Oregon State and Payne Durham. They're, you know, more of a receiver type tight end. I think if anything, we're going to kind of get a bigger guy who's more of a hybrid with an emphasis on blocking because that's kind of what our coaching staff has shown that they appreciate from their tight ends. And then offensive line, this is a little bit more of a bigger need. So I have a couple of guys here, um, specifically at the guard center role, a backup for Frank or somebody to take over that right guard spot. If we lose Evan Brown, or if we cut Halapuli Vudi Vitae, John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota, he was killing it, crushing it. Uh, Osiris Torrance, he's probably going to be a guy that we'll have to take at pick 18. Maybe he falls to us in the second round, but he's like 340 pounds and he's a mauler. He would be a plug and play guy at guard. That's something to keep an eye on. Cody Mock from uh, North Dakota State. He played tackle, but he can. he's probably going to be a guard in the NFL. He might be a guy in like the second round. And then... <laughs> I don't know if you've heard about Dewan Jones from Ohio State, but he's 6'8", 375 pounds. That guy is a fucking mammoth. And the one thing that no one's really, you know, when I look at these mock drafts for the Lions, nobody thinks we need a tackle. We got Penny Sewell. We got Taylor Decker. What, why would we need him? Well, having a backup in case one of those guys go down would be invaluable. And two, we're running jumbo package half the time. So if we get a big-ass tackle, a 380-pound guy to move some men, I don't think that's a bad investment at all because I do think that we'll use them even if it's, you know, 20%, 30% of the time. And then also we have the, you know, him as a backup if we have an injury. That's going to do it for offense. We'll talk quickly on defense. Um, I'm not going to try. I forgot to look up this guy's name, but defensive tackle from Northwestern. Fuck it. I'll give it a try. At a Tomawa Abadour. Uh, it's uh, it'd be a uh, Ade. Hold on, Adetomowa. 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 Okay, good job. 
Yep, he's that three-tech D-tackle that we would be looking for, a little bit undersized, but still a nice guy to have. And then Keanu Benton from Wisconsin. He's a little bit of a bigger dude, but he could be like a three-tech nose tackle guy, depending on what our plans are for Lee McNeil. Linebacker, I don't think that we're going to be using too much of an investment on linebacker. I think we roll with what we've got for the most part. But Diane Henley from Washington State, He's a good cover linebacker, probably going to be a second, third round guy. And then we got Ivan Pace Jr. from Cincinnati. He was a big standout at the Senior Bowl. I He kind of reminds me of Rodrigo, a little bit smaller guy, but just is very instinctual. So that could it's be a like a Rodrigo name. Jr. Yeah. I ever Ivan heard Pace one. Jr. Ivan Pace Jr. Yeah. Keep an eye out for Ivan. He could be a lion. And then corner. Well, I guess defensive back. We'll loop him together, but... This is probably one of the the other bigger needs for the Lions, and there were some good options that we got to see. Uh, Darius Rush from South Carolina, he was kind of overshadowed by Cam Smith a little bit, a little bit more raw, kind of projects as like a zone guy, but could fill that nickel role for us. And then we've got Tyreek Stevenson from Miami. He was on, uh, he was getting coached up by Sean Dion Hamilton. And then Caillou Blue Kelly, guy from Stanford, Julius Brents, Kansas State. He's a bigger outside guy. Caillou is kind of a, the outside mold as well, so that's something to keep an eye on. But, yeah, like I said, I mean, these are just names to keep on your radar in the later rounds. I haven't done deep dive onto any of these guys past really the second round at this point. Still got a ways to go until I really feel like I know the draft class, but most most years I'll really only know the top three rounds, and then day three I'm just like, okay, who are we getting, and just be satisfied with whoever. I don't think I've ever gotten – one of those picks correct. Actually, I did have Amon Ross St. Brown on my radar. I will say that, but I did still. too. Had him in my little notes app. Anyways, now that you've learned about the senior bowl, because I'm sure everybody has been astutely keeping up with that, like myself, let's move on past that and get into betting with the belly. It's going to be a little bit different now. We don't have any football to bet on. So we'll go over our bets from last week. And then going forward, we're just going to do any bet from any sport, any time of the week from when we're recording. So there's a couple options. Obviously, we got NBA and hockey for now. We got baseball starting up. Ben and I are into tennis. I guess you are too, John. And then, you know, there's golf and there's the UFC and there's a bunch of other things we can bet on. So we're just going to pick our one solid bet of the week. Feel free to tail us. Feel free to do your own thing. I don't care. But without further ado, let's get to betting with the belly. Um, last week, Corbin was one and two. Uh, I was two and one and Isaac was oh and three Isaac, bunch of bad picks. Sorry to hear it, but well, he did get the anytime AJ Brown touchdown, Uh, but he also mentioned the first touchdown and he wasn't far off. He was number two. He was the second TD. Um, moving on to this week though, let's hear the picks. Start with you, John. You know, it started to feel a little bit warmer out this week. It was sunny, a little bit of breeze. So I started thinking about golf. I got some new clubs last year. I've been hitting them pretty well. Want to get back out there. Probably won't very much this year. But anyways, going with the Genesis this weekend, Colin Morikawa plus 240 to make top 10. He's just a he's such a solid player, and he's always – really plays in top 10, top five very frequently. So in terms of golf bets, which are always pretty tough, I feel decent about that one. 
Yeah, I'm a big fan of Colin Morikawa ever since he had that uh, heater of a year win in two majors. So, yeah, I don't hate that bet. Corbin, what do you got for me? I am going along with you, John. I'm also going to bet on the Genesis Open. You know, I was stuck between two because I am a homosexual. I love Max Homa. He's plus 220 (laughs) to finish top 10, but... I'm going to go with John Rahm. He's minus 110 to finish in the top 10. Now, it's pretty much even money. I mean, he's the best golfer in the world right now. He's pretty much a lock for a top 10, so I think it's pretty safe. Max Homa, I mean, you really don't know what you're getting with him. He's kind of up and down, so I'm taking John Rahm minus 110 to finish in the top 10. John Rahm is my favorite golfer because we both have short backswings. Ah, I see. Ah, Interesting. But do you hit about half of his drive distance? (laughs) I poke it out there between 265 and 280 on a good day. There you go. And then lastly to me, um, you know, it's my time to talk about my favorite sport, which is the UFC. So big event this weekend, having Jessica Andrade step in after someone got hurt. Um, If you're looking for a win, it's minus 300 on Zach Paga. Um, For your main event bet, I'm going to go with Jessica Andrade minus 165. That girl is mean. And if you want to throw in a nice parlay to have some fun, I'd go with Linz, Pogues, Paga, Andrade, and the night fight to be under two and a half rounds. That's a nice plus 586 odds. And, you know, it's a little shorter in the offseason, but that's going to wrap up betting with the belly. Another thing to keep the eye on, Rotterdam Open's going on right now. We got a big matchup, Yannick Sinner versus Stefano Tsitsipas coming up tomorrow. I don't think there's any futures available right now, but may as well sprinkle a little money on Tsitsipas to win it. Uh, I don't know. You know me. I'm a big sin man. Well, he got fucking whooped in the Australian Open, so let's that see how he, he fares tomorrow. But anyways, let's get to it, Ben. Let's jump in those guts. What's in the bowels for us this week? I got to talk about something that happened at my Super Bowl party that happened this week. I had never done this where someone brings over like a sheet of like 67 prop bets and everybody in the room just picks them all. You all put $10 in and whoever gets the most right um, just takes home the pot. It actually made the game a lot more fun because that way you're not just focused on the game. You're just every single play. Does it apply? Does it apply? But anyway, I get to the bottom of the sheet and I see uh, a kick to hit the upright and my eyes just lit up and I was pumped. So I immediately go on FanDuel or DraftKings is what I use. And I look up the doink and it's like plus 340. I just said, you know what? Why not? I'm going to go ahead and throw like 20 bucks on it. So every kick, man, I was just rooting for it. And as soon as I saw it lead Butker's foot, I was like, it's going to be a doink. It hits the upright and the entire party just goes, <laughs> you would have thought the game was over. So not that long of a bowels of the belly, but man, I hope, I think I'm going to root for a doink almost every game now and just keep putting five bucks on it just for the thrill of what happened this Sunday. See, I knew that that was a prop bet too. And I thought about it, but didn't do it because I had like already like 10 bets logged in. I was like, ah, fuck it. Like I only have like five bucks in FanDuel just because I put 10 bucks in so I could do the kick of destiny. But mostly I'll use DraftKings and all I've, I only made I won on one bet and that was for the Chiefs to cover everything else. I had some like parlays in there or some variation of the under and I just got totally fucked by it. So oh, I just I'm- like DraftKings had a bunch of those uh, pre-built parlays where it like bought down the lines for both quarterbacks. And so because the uh, the score was so low, I like hit them all. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, sorry, because the score was so high. I hit them all. So, yeah. Fun Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, I had like a bunch of Patrick Mahomes props, like over passing yards, 150. Patrick Mahomes, anytime touchdown, never happened. 
I should have just stuck with the safe stuff. I knew that Travis Kelsey was going to score a touchdown, and I was just too chicken shit. Should have done it. That's I okay, suck at Gordon. betting. I'll learn at some point. Nobody's good at it. All right, boys, let's kick it off with mail time. Mail time. Mail time. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail. Mail time. All right, we're going to keep it a little bit quicker this week, but I do have a few questions for you guys. One of them is football related. The other two are not. The first one comes from uh, well, I was singing to my daughter the other day and I was thinking, man, I'm really not very good at this, but I really like to do it. And so I just want to know what is something you guys are bad at, but really enjoy doing. Hmm. Oh, boy. Gambling. <laughs> I think that's true I for fucking, most people. I am terrible at it, but it definitely gets me a little bit more invested. I am, um, I'm objectively up hundreds of dollars on sports gambling. I don't know. I don't do it very often. So I would say singing is one of mine because I remember when I was a kid, and I've got two fun stories about this. But when I was a kid, I wanted to be a singer. And I remember I was in my kitchen when I was like 14 or 15. I was singing Eye of the Tiger. And my mom has just heard this song all week. And she just goes, Corbin, would you stop fucking singing this song? You are not a good singer. And I was like, all right. Your mom crushed your dreams. And I was like, all right, bet. And so now I'm told, I don't know if people are fucking with me, that I'm actually a somewhat decent singer. And so I have improved. So I do think that I'm a somewhat okay singer. And then another thing was, this is, oh, I've got a couple of stories I can go with this. So my first homecoming freshman year, I go with my date. It's my sister's friend. And I've never like danced or grinded before. And so like Ground. we had gone to like, yeah, grounded. Yeah. And so we had gone to like those middle school, like buck blasters, basically. Like that was my version of my old school, but had never like grinded with a girl. So I didn't know what the fuck Ground. I was doing. Yeah. And so. I remember and I, with that girl. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, I remember at one point I just started party boying my date and my sister and like a bunch of my friends will never let, let it go. And they're just like, Corbin, you're a fucking awful dancer. Like you were party boying your date. <laughs> so I was like, all right, now I need to learn to fucking dance. And like w- took some time, like went on YouTube, like practice like slightly. And now I think I'm an OK dancer. That reminds me of that scene in the other guys where he's like, yeah, I used to make fun of all the guys at the ballet, so I learned to do it really well. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Belly? I don't know, man. I feel like this would be easier for you to do it for me. Like what? I'm trying to think like, because most of the time, if I'm bad at something, I just don't do it. Um, You're afraid of failure. Sure. But I'm really good at failure. Oh, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't, I don't know, dude. That's a tough one. Um, well, while you wait, I'll, I'll give a singing story. One time I was in Mount Pleasant, uh, in college and I was at a bar called, uh, the Blackstone and they used to do karaoke there. Probably still do. I don't know. And I was singing tiny dancer, a couple of notes about tiny dancer and karaoke. Number one, almost a six minute song. And they played the whole thing. <laughs> so you're just like three or four minute. verses. Oh my God, it was brutal. 
And then I finish and I go up to the bar and the, the bartender goes, she's like, you remember singing that tiny dancer? She's like, I was like, yeah. She's like, yeah, I don't sing that song again. <laughs> I guess uh, I think I got one. Um, it's probably going to be landscaping. I know that I don't have that green thumb or the touch, but man, sometimes getting out there and like mowing the lawn and weed whipping, even if it doesn't turn out as an end result, it'll grow back. It'll grow back yeah. and you can try again. How's that cum tree coming along? Oh, the cum tree is, uh, well, it's winter still, but it doesn't look dead. So we got that going for us. Nice. I'm excited to get a little uh, nice whiff this summer, hopefully. Are you talking <laughs> about those trees that smell like semen in the spring? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. God. We had them all over campus at CMU. I fucking hated it. What do you Why mean can't... smells like semen? How do you? How does everyone know what semen smells like? The Bradford pear. There we go. I forgot the name for a second. <laughs> my, my wife from the other room just goes, "Smells like bleach." <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, two more things before we move on, John, about your tiny dancer. My whole life until I was I like you were gonna say tiny dick. <laughs> my whole life up until I was like twenty years old, I thought the song went "Pull me closer, Tony Danza." I feel like that that's a common dancer. thing. That's a meme, dude. I get ripped. No, no, I swear. no, no. I know. I, swear I know God, a lot of people. I got. That. I got ripped on it wow. hard for a long time, and I always still tell people that. Now, number two, when I was in my sophomore year, we had a Spanish class. And we were supposed to write a story in Spanish, but it was when I was like obsessed with Eye of the Tiger. I don't know why I was, but I was like, okay, what if I just rewrote the song Eye of the Tiger in Spanish? Could I do that? My teacher's like, okay. And so I did it and can't remember how it started, but basically I would tell everybody that I know how to sing Eye of the Tiger in Spanish. And it was like my party trick. So I would go to the party and they're like, no, you can't. You can't sing it. And then I would go, es el ojo de tigre, es emborazado, el rey por la nada, el chura, el rey por la noche, es emborazado, el ese ojo, ojo de tigre. And ojo de tigre is the only... Every single bit of that song is completely made up. I have no idea what it means except for Ojo de Tigre. Oh and everyone, everybody hears that and they're like, holy shit, he knows what he's talking about. And for years, I had this as my party trick. Nobody knew that it was all fake until my sister just threw me under the fucking bus one year, told some of my friends, word got out, and then I couldn't do Eye of the Tiger in Spanish anymore. But yeah, it was all uh, a lie. Your dog was in the background during that. And from start to finish the song, he's like, what the fuck's going on? And just left <laughs> as the song ended. <laughs> Anyways, next question, John. <laughs> All right. We are. Next question is Corbin. Why are you anti-Latino? <laughs> I love my Latins. My Latins. Yeah. <laughs> Second question is the football related one. We talked a little bit of little we talked a little bit about uh the draft coming up uh on the horizon <clears throat> and it got me thinking about historically there's been a lot of lions picks that have not panned out corbin i have the same lions cup you just drank out of you do yes it's i nice do Tervis tumbler love it anyways uh i want to know what your least favorite lions draft pick of all time is so you got your Charles Rogers, you got your uh your Mike Williams from from Texas. 
Um, <laughs> you got your uh, Andre Ware. I mean, it's got to be Eric Ebron, honestly, man. That was just the fucking worst, especially because Aaron Donald was right there. We could have had him. Eric Ebron is just a fucking cocksucker, dude. Just drop city, worthless piece of shit, wasted draft pick. I agree with all of that. What do you think, Belly? Oh, for me, it's got to be the duck, Joey Harrington. Oh, Oh, man. Yeah, man. I remember remember being a kid during the Joey Harrington days. And it was one of the seasons where they hadn't won a game yet. And all of a sudden, old Mike McMahon comes in and leads the Lions to victory. And I'm like, good God, Joey, you are just terrible. Yeah. Oh, Joey. I mean, at least you had some hope with him. But Eric Ebron, I mean, he was just like, even like draft day, you were like, what the fuck were we thinking? You know, that's true. Yeah. This is after the fact. With Joey, Maybe. it's like, was it his fault or was it the fact that he went to the Lions and they I mean, he sucked. such a horrible organization at that point that they couldn't develop a quarterback at all? He didn't do shit with the Dolphins either. I mean, it was definitely a mix of both. But yeah, I mean, that's a good pick by you, Belly. But I mean, but that's Eric. after the fact, probably in the moment. Um, yeah. I thought that I mean, TJ Hawkinson ended up working out. But in the moment, I remember a lot of people being up in arms about that pick and why are we drafting another tight end? And who knows? Maybe they'll get another one this year. I was even more happy with the TJ Hawkinson pick because I knew like he was going to go around top 10, like top. At least he was like sure. a good player. But... Yeah. 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 I... Bad pick. Uh, I will say one other thing about this question. It made me think of all the Lions players that we drafted <clears throat> that we let go within their first couple of years that are now very solid starters in the NFL. Like who? Like Kyle Van Noy, Lake and Tommy Tavai, yeah, Riley Tomlinson. Riley uh, Reef was he's just been like an adequate He's guy. a starter, you know. Yeah, I mean, we knew what we were what we were losing with him. Like he wanted to be left tackle, and we had Taylor Decker. There's, those are just some off the top of my head right now, but I just. That's it's interesting. There were multiple in the Super Bowl this year. I mean, Slay, we uh, he was well much more into his career, but we sold him for a bag of beans. Yeah, I mean, that was just an aptitude. Like we knew Quandre Diggs and Darius Slay were good, but like with Kyle Vanoy, like he just wasn't a scheme fit. And then Jelani Tavai, I mean, now he's on the Patriots, but I mean, he sucked. He was not good for us. And I, I, mean, I wasn't considering to because he was horrible for us. But then you look at guys like we also have gotten guys who that have produced like look at Isaiah Bugs, look at like Romeo Aquara, Charles Harris, like they hadn't done shit. And now they come here and they're having career years. Well, Aquara's been with the Lions for three years now, four years. Yeah, but before that, he wasn't anybody. I think we had him on a one year deal and then he led the, the team in sacks. And that's when we resigned him. Yeah, I mean, there's there's stories like that all around the NFL, but there's other guys who, you know, just retired early, too. I mean, you got, like, the Nick Fairleys. You got, like, DeAndre Levy, guys who were just Nick studs. Fairley, who just... He was not a stud. He was an out-of-shape piece of shit in the NFL. I know, but he was good when he played. Brandon Pettigrew is another one that pisses me off. He yeah, wasn't... Pettigrew was supposed to be good, but he just never got over that hump. All right, John, what's the last one? Last question, Corbin, is specifically for you from our friend Tyler. Mm, great. Could this a be? couple of episodes this year. 
and he wanted to ask this question to troll you. I'm guessing you guys have had uh, some sort of conversations about this in the past. He wants to know why you don't have a lion's tattoo. I don't have any tattoos, man. My body is my temple. It's my fortress. And to be honest, I don't know of anything that I would like want to show off for the rest of my life. I don't know where I would put it. I like the idea of tattoos and I appreciate other people's tattoos, but I just don't know if they're for me. Like if I were to get a tattoo, I think I would just get like a six sleeve. Like there's people who have sleeves that I just am I'm very envious of, but I would never have the balls to actually pull the trigger on. Now, what are you going to do? Like, I feel like it's like a little trashy to have a lion's tattoo, you know? I mean, like for me, it's just like if people have tattoos, good for you. I'm happy you can have them. But my mind changes on like a daily basis. And I know like maybe I'll love it for a week, but I'm going to hate it eventually. And exactly not worth the money. Exactly. I have. I have 15 tattoos. I barely thought about. Yeah. Holy shit. My arm. Damn. Well, you keep it hidden. (laughs) Look at my arm. And I have uh, like seven on my right leg, three on my ass. Um, And like I said, more (laughs) more power to you. I mean, I'm happy for you. But I can't do point is I barely thought about any of those. Like my whole arm, I basically just went in and picked flash stuff that i thought looked cool and uh i still love all of them i I like to do ones that i think are funny like i have the blue duck from happy gilmore on my ass or no sorry (laughs) not happy gilmore i got billy madison billy madison (laughs) you mean the penguin oh no the the blue duck duck when he draws a blue duck um Um, i have your name on my ass like steve you do uh (laughs) i've tap it in right here with a skull See, I like like random stuff on a sleeve. My one friend has one on his bicep. It's a screaming gorilla wearing a party hat. And then he has another one that's like a king toad. Like the random shit like that. Like I appreciate tattoos. Yeah, like, it's just like, like a little baby devil in a car. We've moved on from your tattoos, John. They're sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I just don't know. I feel like I feel like I would accept it if I got it, but like right now without any tattoos, I feel like I would have a little bit of regret. Plus, I feel like my mom has hammered into my head my whole life. Like you ever get a tattoo and I'm disowning you. So I just don't do it. <laughs> okay. Well, I know we didn't have a plan this week, but Corbin, would you get a tattoo for Lions Super Bowl? I know yeah. the question. I know it's going to be yes. That was stupid. Fuck yeah. To guarantee it. you get a face tattoo for a Lions Super Bowl? Well, there mm, depends on the size and what forehead. it is. One forehead, of the questions. forehead. No. One of the questions was like, would I get Aaron Rodgers tattooed on my chest so I could never wear like a V-neck or something like that? Or his head would poke. Out, his head would poke out of the V. That's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> and I said no. I think so. <laughs> but oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, if the opportunity presented itself, like if I was fucking wasted, like yeah, I would maybe send it and just do it. But I don't know, like leg tattoos. Like, I don't think I would ever get a leg tattoo. It would be like an arm tattoo or shoulder. Like, that's where it would be, I would feel like. But I don't know. Maybe one day just hasn't happened yet. Haven't really had the itch to get one either. So, well, if you have an itch, it will definitely scratch it very hard. 
But that's going to do it for this week, guys. We're going to have an episode coming out in two weeks, and we are going to be doing our first mock draft. Keep in mind, it's very preliminary. A lot of stuff is going to change when we have the combine. You know, more news comes out. I think, you know, the year before we had like a, there was a poll out there, and our top three guys were Kayvon Thibodeau, Nicobe Dean, and Malik Willis for our first overall pick. So a lot's going to be changing in these next couple of weeks here. But stick around for that. And before we end it, I just wanted to give a shout out to Ben and I's alma mater, Michigan State University. Monday, there was a tragic shooting on campus. Just wanted to send condolences to all the families, friends of the victims involved. It's absolutely terrible news. It's devastating. I was following along all night, like I barely sleep. I was feeling sick to my stomach. So it's just a tragic, tragic incident. And so just, you know, thinking about everybody involved with the situation, hope everybody is, uh, you know, able to recover for this and we emerge stronger than ever. Spartan strong, baby. Yeah, it's it's beyond sad. And just reading the stories and like knowing every spot that they're describing in terms of like geography is just it's yeah. just devastating. So just so sad. And hopefully everybody can move past it eventually, even though it's gonna take some time. Awful, awful situation. Go green, yeah. baby. I mean, I had classes in Berkey and obviously it shook up a lot of people just because, you know, it is so close to us and, you know, Michigan state's always going to have a a place in my heart. And so we're Spartan strong and the community is going to, you know, stick with each other. So let's wrap it up this week, guys. Again, thanks for listening. If you haven't already, or if you're a new listener, please follow, subscribe, like, and download on Spotify, Apple podcasts, wherever else you get your podcasts from. Don't forget to leave us a review. Give us five stars. Follow me on Twitter at like Corbyashi. We've got the belly and the fish Instagram and Twitter accounts going DM or text me any ideas for segments you'd like to hear this off season and continue to spread the good word. Tell your friends, family, coworkers, and anyone and everyone that you can think of. We appreciate the love and support guys. Yeah. I want to thank everybody for listening. As Corbin said, leave us a five-star review and uh, keep some, uh, keep some commentary coming for stuff you want to listen to or stuff you want to talk about because we got a big off season to fill. So can't wait for you to listen to us next week. And thanks for listening today. And we'll see you soon. Yeah. Thanks, Ben, for coming on. Uh, (laughs) I'm here. Uh, Yeah. See you guys next time. And with that said.